good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and this is still the only place on the internet where you can hear live vinyl spun directly out of my collection. So if you're looking for that, you're in the right place. Happy 4th of July weekend. I hope everybody is enjoying themselves, getting a lot of time outside, spending it with your friends and your family. That is what is more important than anything. Today on the show, I just want to preface this with I love this show this is a great episode and I'm not just tooting my own horn I was lucky enough to have Todd Mackey from With Honor uh, come on the show and talk about the album This Is Our Revenge now if you've been following Wasted Radio in the past few weeks you will know that last week I did not have an episode um, I kind of took a day off and and you know just uh, took my family to the water park and, and did that thing Um the week prior, I was with Steel Nation, and Steel Nation is obviously, you know, if you listen to that episode, a band that had a huge impact on me. And now I'm kind of moving into, uh, what I, at least what I'm trying to do, is move into a series um, about albums that had a specific impact on me and and uh, albums that I've played just a billion and a half times and I hit a home run I reached out to with honor they got right back to me and they were like yes love to have one of us come on the show and you know discuss the album um, so I was very fortunate in that respect but I will say uh, what transpired on this show uh, I did not necessarily anticipate I thought that I was just going to have, you know, a normal um, conversation with a band about an album that was important to me. And what happened was uh, I, w- I connected with somebody who is a great person, um, and I feel like I made a new friend. And Todd, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you uh, for your hand in this album and all of the hard times that it got me through when I was younger. Um You know, just an amazing album front to back. You will hear us discuss that. Uh, Different songs off of the album, which will also uh, appear on the show. We talk about Brian McTurnan. We talk about Jamie Josta. We talk about uh, Jay Reason and the distance and the history of With Honor, bringing it all up into the current. But we spend most of the time talking about This Is Our Revenge, the album that they released on Victory Records in 2005. So... Without further ado, I, there's not much else to be said. Please check us out on uh, at Wasted.Radio on Instagram. And you can find With Honor at WithHonorCT on Instagram. If you listen to the end of the show, you will see that we both gave the Instagram tag for With Honor incorrectly. So there's your correction. It is WithHonorCT on Instagram. They are coming back and playing uh, some shows. They've got Furnace Fest coming up. You'll hear about that on the show. You'll hear about a show that they have coming up in October. I believe two shows, actually, with Shy Halud, Life in Your Way, Signs of Hope. Uh, some other bands, I believe, are on that bill. Anyway, we're going to get into it. This is my interview with Todd Mackey of With Honor. All right, you're on Wasted Radio. You're here with me, Matt, and I am here with Todd Mackey of With Honor. What's going on, Todd? Hey, Matt. So nice to join you. Thanks for having me out. It is a pleasure to have you, man. I have to say, um, I'm starting this series of albums that really affected me, and 
the last episode that I did was with a band called Steel Nation. We did their newest album, The Big Sleep. That was, uh, you know, I wanted to help them promote the new album, but also it was super important to me. But this, we're diving way into the past here. We are going- So to be, far back. So far back. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about This Is Our Revenge. Um, just, I, I don't even know where to start with this album because this album was so- important uh for me coming into the scene and kind of just i mean it, it's not even the the melodic post-hardcore sound is not really even where i gravitated towards um in general i kind of went towards like the heavier like hate breed type stuff um but this album was always always uh at the top of my roster um it was one of those ones that you know I beat my wife over the head with this album, unfortunately, oh, no. and, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. Um, really, really important album to me. And I just, before we get into talking about it, I really wanted to say thank you for coming on. Um, I'm excited to see you guys kind of coming back into the ether and, you know, having a presence again. Um, I really, just i really appreciate you being a part of the show so first and of that, all thank you welcome to waste of radio no thank you i mean I, yeah that's i am a little dumbfounded it's been a long long time and uh it kind of blows my mind a bit to uh to hear such kind words but i mean it means the world because you know we put a, a lot of work into the album and you know it's it's a little uh, meta when someone says it means so much to them. I mean, it, it obviously means so much to me and to um, the, all the, the With Honor guys, but uh, that's because we had to make it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it just kind of, it kind of blows me away. And truthfully, I don't, I don't even know what to say other than thank you. Thanks for taking the time and, and, you know, looking back at something that for us was really special as well. So, well, of course, man. Excited and to, to talk about it. Yeah. And, and so we're in 2021, which uh, marks 16 years that this album has been out now. It'll be 16 years in October. Yeah. In October. Wow. It's, yep. And that is really just weird to think about, isn't it? What that our that our this is our revenge album could be driving a car soon. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, for me, especially just to look back on this kind of stuff and, and, you know, it doesn't seem like that old of an album to me. So, oh, cool. you know, well, I, I take that as high praise. I mean, that, that it could hang and, and stay together for people listening to it. I mean, that's for sure. That's for cool sure. Thing. And, and what I've got here is the, uh, I, it was, I don't know if it was a repress or if this was the first time it was pressed, but it was the victory records, animal style records. Um, I got one of the red ones It's sitting around here somewhere, but I actually had to take it out of a frame that was hanging on my wall um, to, to get it out and look at the liner notes and stuff today. But um, you know, yeah, man. And uh, so, so really, you know, this was recorded in June of 2005, which, you know, right around this time um, would make these recordings 16 years old from the release date it's still only about 15 going on 16 um just off the cuff you know uh where were you guys at when you started working on this album what was um 
you know, you you had done a split with the distance, I believe. Yeah, yep, and the uh, and what else? You had done one other EP, if I'm correct. Well, we had a, we had done an EP, which was really our demo, and mm-hmm. then we put out a full length on on Stillborn Records with on, Jamie Josta and, and Jay Reason of the Distance. So Jamie of Hatebreed, Jay of the Distance. Um, they were gracious enough to put out a full length we called heart means everything and then between the full lengths we put out a split um, and that um, was with the distance another connecticut hardcore band so so after the split we had a, a short period of time truthfully i couldn't even look back with clarity off the top of my head and say exactly how long in between it was it was fairly fairly quick i mean the yeah the whole tenure of with honor during its active you know uh life um you know its full-time activity was really you know five years so mm-hmm. so i mean that was a lot of activity in a short period but i would say if you're if you're asking you know when did we um when did we begin writing the album um you know we started putting this is our revenge together probably in late 2004 um, really started doing more heavy lifting writing in the winter of 2005 though Mm -hmm. we were doing a few tours we did a tour uh, I believe it was billed as hardcore against fur which was with H2O and Stretch Armstrong in February of 2005 and then we did that's right yeah it was awesome and we did a, a full U.S. and Canada tour with Bane, Comeback Kid, and Silent Drive, March and April of 2005. Which so is came off of that. Which is the legendary song, Twenty Strong, that you guys wrote was about that. Yeah, tour, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, those lyrics were about that tour. It was just, it was so seminal. I mean, I feel like a few of us were going through a lot. I mean, the, the people who that tour included, you know, everyone who was playing in bands and who was uh, on crew and people who just traveled strings of dates. I mean, it was really, you know, it was just unlike anything I had experienced. So I just felt really, really captivated by the memories of it and, and felt really strongly coming off of that tour to, to write about it. And how old were you? around that time um wow that's a good question man i'll do the math hold on here i think i was 23 years old at that time 23 okay so it's fair to say it's fair to say that this is our revenge is pretty coming of age for you know what you guys were doing at the time and the new things that you were experiencing as a band oh for sure and i mean you can anyone who followed with honor and i'm sure you you found this when you were like oh this is with honor then you go back and you hear like wow this band changed a lot over its time and and the time wasn't long i think right i i think um this is our revenge especially as you know time kind of clarifies hindsight um you know, it really was the sound that made the most sense for us, where the punk elements and the hardcore elements all kind of came into balance. Whereas prior to that, I feel like we were just really affected by what was going on around us. And that's not bad. I mean, that's, I think that's totally understandable, especially being so young, but, um, but that's why I think, you know, lyrically and musically, uh, this is our revenge lasts, um, at least, you know, in some of our opinions, uh, it kind of holds up better than than some of the other stuff well i think still that, love it but yeah no doubt and i think that the uh the old stuff 
you know, you have a more loose underground um, post-hardcore sound. And then when you move into This Is Our Revenge, it's a bit more of a, like a mature punk rock, you know, um, take on what you guys were doing previously. That's my- Yeah, I, you know. I think, I mean, a lot of that had to do with, you know, kind of finding what we felt comfortable with and, uh, you know, and life changing a lot and kind of getting to this place where we had been a full-time band uh, for a few years at that point. And you kind of, you start to realize that, you know, I mean, your life has then changed so much, not in any glamorous way, mind you, but in the like, oh, I'm, you know, so much prior to that point, you're focused on, well, how do we get to where we can be fully active, right? Sure, um, sure. Not so much, well, what type of success or what, you know, money or this or that. I mean, in this scene at that time, at least, you know, and, and probably still there, it really wasn't there to be had. Mm -hmm. um, but getting to the place where, you know, you're, you get, you essentially attain, hey, the activity level, we're full time, we're touring with bands we love, you know, we're, we're playing shows and venues we've always wanted to go to, we're, you know, getting to, you know, become friends with bands we've looked up to, you know, since we were a lot younger and, yeah. and you start to, you know, some of that is deflating and some of that, you know, you start to achieve things that you're like, oh, that, well, that didn't satisfy that, that much. Um, and, or, you know, life just takes this new contour where all of a sudden your roots are uh, sort of transient, right? Like, you know, how many birthdays you miss for friends and, you know, how many, uh, what needs, what will stick and what will last on the home front, you know, will kind of be really tested. And, you know, I think that there was all of that life. And then also creatively, we kind of tried on a few hats and we sunk into a stride that felt the most ourselves add to that, that we worked with Brian McTernan on that album, who, you know, really pushed us and, you know, stretched us in some comfortable ways and some uncomfortable ways. And I think, you know, uh, personally think he had a huge amount to do with bringing us to where that sound, you know, yeah. together. And, and, uh, I think that's, that's cool too, at uh salad day studio, the sound that came out of that studio, the sound on that album is, is, uh, and, and not to say that the sound on the old album or the split was bad. Um, or, you know, what, or, or to say that this album was overproduced or anything like that, but you can tell that there's like a step in a more professional direction. And yeah, it's, it's a characteristically different type of recording. And, and interestingly, the split and the demo were done in one particular studio. The, the first full length was done in another. And then we did, this is our revenge with, with Brian at salad days. And, you know, they're all very different philosophies. The, the engineers and, you know, production are just very, very different. So I think, uh, I think it just all clicked, to be honest. I think where we were as a band, what we, want, what we had written, what we wanted to put together, and Brian's outlook and the process and, you know, kind of what he brought to the table, it just all kind of coalesced, you know. That's awesome. So um, I kind of want to walk into this album uh, if we could, and then we'll start at the beginning sure. of the album. Um, so you are a newer band. How did you get hooked up at that time with uh, Jamie Josta and Jay Reason over at Stillborn? Yeah, I mean, the Connecticut hardcore scene is small, you know, one of the smallest states uh, in the country geographically, but also very tight knit, active uh, punk and hardcore scene. 
And so we had all come from bands that, that we played in previously that had been begging Jamie for shows because he basically, you know, ran all of the, the booking and, you know, put all of the openers that, that got shows of any kind, you know, punk, metal, um, hardcore, Scott. I mean, he, he really was a huge advocate and, and an active part of, you know, all the, the Connecticut music scene. So, you know, he knew us from our old bands. We put this together. He had gotten the demo, you know, and it, the demo just kind of self, like, you know, burned CDs, which is hilarious to look back at. But, you know, we just kind of distributed the songs amongst friends and, and locally, and they got a hold of it. And, and it just made sense. We were opening shows that they were booking and, you know, people started to pay attention and, and they were just really cool about it. They wanted to support a new Connecticut band put out the demo, it did really well. And so, you know, they wanted to get right with it. And within a year, we were recording the first full length. That's great. And uh, off topic, how many times have you seen Hatebreed? Oh, man, I don't have a count. <laughs> too many Lots. times. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I don't think too many times at all. I mean, it, it's it's more, it's funny for the number of times I've seen Hatebreed, it's just been a long time. Oh, um, yeah. You know, just being out of the circle, but but I, um, yeah, I mean, we had, they were so awesome, not only to put out the records and to always be supportive, but even when we moved on to Victory, I mean, to continue to support us. I mean, we went out on tour supporting Hatebreed numerous yeah. times, um, which was huge. Jamie got us on, you know, all sorts of festivals and, you know, just cannot thank him enough for for all of that help and support over the years. But, but yeah, I mean, too many hate breed shows to count. That's for sure. Yeah. The cool thing is like having had the chance to play with them and, and, you know, watch their sets in so many different scenes, you mm -hmm. kind of get this whole different side of how professional and well uh, that band plays to different types of crowds and audiences, you know? Very cool. Yeah. Um, and, and you're lucky too to, to have come up in a scene where, you know, bands like that were regular, like, a hate breed to you was kind of like maybe a strength for a reason to me where, you know, that's a band that was, I've seen them so many times that, you know, they, it, for a while there, it felt like they were on every single show and sure. they were so influential in Pennsylvania, hardcore, kind of like, you know, hate breed in Connecticut, hardcore. So, um, so naturally, like you said, you get hooked up with stillborn records. Um, and then I guess, obviously it just follows through that you're already working with Jay reason. He's in the distance. You guys come up with the idea to do a split. Where did that idea come from? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, there was, if I'm honest, we, we put out the full length heart means everything. We did a bunch of touring. I mean, too many to count. I'd have to get like old laminates or pictures of, you know, yeah. tour dates and posters <laughs> out to actually, I mean, I think the busiest year we had something like. 300 or 320 shows Damn. Or i mean it was it was too much uh in in all yeah. regards but but um there's some distortion looking back uh given my old age now um but yeah no we played lots of shows i mean that was just it it wasn't i think we played lots of shows we had come off our full length i don't think i don't think we had felt like um you know that that was a finished statement and you know, the distance wanted to do something. And, you know, I truthfully, I don't remember like the, the moment that we hatched the idea, but I'm glad we did. I mean, that yeah. turned into such a fun project. Um, you know, 
we were so glad to, you know, everything from artwork to, uh, you know, my friend Colin the Destroyer and I putting out the seven inch on our own little Rise and Fall Records imprint. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, and the songs were awesome and the distance was great. And, you know, uh, with with that, they popped over to Bridge Nine and put out a, an awesome full length. And, mm -hmm. and we were able to to hop over to victory and put out this is our revenge so so let's let's talk about that then because um so it seems like again it just made sense to go from the the stillborn uh you know connection that you had doing the split with the distance you guys were kind of bro bands so that makes sense uh then you go over to victory so where did the transition happen how did you guys end up on victory yeah, um, you know, it's funny because looking back, you can't necessarily, I mean, there were just different pressures, as you might imagine, on bands of any kind at that time. Um, you know, everything was really dictated by distribution, you know, who had what distribution and what type of um, support in the way of advertising and promotion, you know, a label had. Those were real things. And then also, you know, um, you know, publishing and, and, you know, digital distribution in that regard. Whereas sure. now, I mean, all of this stuff is sort of, you know, the whole thing is, is arranged the and game and has worked. completely changed. Totally different. Yeah. Um, so at the time, you know, and again, looking back 15 plus years at this stage, you know, we were just thinking, well, we want to write another full length. We really want it to be a full statement. Um, and by that, I just mean, we, we want to realize the whole vision, you know, with, with, Heart means everything. I think we did the whole thing within five or six days, seven mm -hmm. days, maybe. Um, we just wanted more time in the studio. We wanted to gain access to someone like Brian, uh, who we could really have, you know, a full experience with. And um, and you know, as a punk hardcore band at that time, it's not like you have those that those cash resources, you know, after touring for a few years to just lay out in advance for yourself. This is pre. Um, still years pre, you know, the popularization of Kickstarter and, you know, self-funding in that way. Um, and so, yeah, we were doing well, we were working really hard. And so, you know, we were talking to uh, a handful of comparable labels, including Victory. And, and so we just kind of started courting labels. Um, you know, Jamie and Stillborn, they were really uh, just amicable to us growing uh, mm -hmm. and very supportive of that. Um, and, you know, their vision was not to, you know, become an indie label on that level, um, sure. though, you know, that should not be said that they're, you know, that they lacked any reach at that point. It was just kind of a, a different channel that they were in. So, um, so yeah, we started talking to a variety of labels, comparing notes, talking about what we envisioned. Um, we actually have released a couple of songs over the years from some demos that we did in between the split and the full length. Mm -hmm. Um, probably most available is a song called Restless, if you've okay. ever heard. Um, and that was released on a compilation actually after This Is Our Revenge. But we did some demos, um, talked to a bunch of labels, just kind of, you know, looked at what we were being offered. And, and we we opted to go with Victory. Uh, and um, within about a year's time, This Is Our Revenge was released. Well, I would think, too, um, Victory at the time was one of the only hardcore labels that you would see like in FYE or in Hot Topic or, you know, they, they did have, uh, lots of people have varying opinions on Victory Records, but 
they had the distribution um and it was yeah, they had the the distribution the advertising and the influence and, and right. i mean you you couldn't shake a stick at it and th there's all sorts of stories good and bad about victory there most record mm -hmm. labels to be fair yeah yeah um you know i won't necessarily get into those types of things you know from our end no no um our our tenure with victory was fairly short you know just given that the band did not play actively you know for all of that long after like the initial touring cycle for this is our event right so um but but yeah i mean those were the the logical decisions as to you know why we we stepped in that direction and and um you know they they pulled a lot of strings and we did have a lot of support well and i think too um the the connections uh especially to brian mcturnan for anybody listening who doesn't know um, pretty tenured in working with, you know, classic hardcore bands, uh, like Converge. Uh, he sang for a band called Battery, worked with 10 Yard Fight, 108, In My Eyes, Reach the Sky, Bane, um, Texas is the Reason. A lot of these bands, Snapcase, uh, bands that he worked with before he worked with, with Honor. Um, and then uh, at Majority Rule, interviews with David Frost. Um, brian mcturnan you know uh yeah, yeah so so really really cool uh track record and i think that that is at the time of course too uh, a really smart person to pair with with honor to you know take you guys to the next level and where you wanted to be oh yeah i mean he has that whole i mean his his like body of work is is pretty stunning um, yeah. All the way back to when, you know, Salad Days was in Boston and he was recording all of these, you know, quintessential Boston hardcore bands. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad you said Texas is the reason. I mean, this like, you know, where do you put it at the time? I mean, in, in hindsight, you know, you're like, oh, of course. But, you know, then when mm -hmm. that band came out, it was sort of like everyone's scratching their head, like trying to figure out like what just happened because it, it, it basically spawned this whole new, you know, type of uh offering in our scene and then no doubt and then you know he had in in the wake of moving back uh or moving back to the dc area but to baltimore specifically where we recorded you know he had been doing strike anywhere and hot water music and mm -hmm. um thrice's early records and uh which is so cool Oh, it's, yeah. and they're incredible. So, you know, for me to be, I mean, some of my favorite records were recorded in not only at Salad Days with Brian, but in that same studio. And it was fantastic. I mean, and, it, you know. And currently, I mean, not not exactly current, but a couple years old, uh, Angel Dust AD. Uh, he did Turnstile, um, Nonstop Feeling. Yeah. Uh, he's, well, and, and his own yeah. band, Be Well. I don't know if you've gotten into this, but uh, I don't know much about them at all. But I do know uh, that he's in the band. Yeah, you you'll. This is your homework. You'll need to okay, check out. Okay, okay, I will. I will. Yeah, they're they're fantastic, and you know, members of uh, members of Fairweather, Darkest Hour, Bane. Uh, you know, obviously Brian Ashes, Battery. Um, their their record they put out last year is fantastic, unbelievable band. That's cool. That's real cool. Yeah. Um, so you get hooked up with him and you spend almost a month in the studio, uh, doing this album. Um, 
now was this you know the, the, was this a whole experience where you guys uh, picked up from where you were living and, and went somewhere and and stayed at you know around the studio and worked on this for almost a solid month yeah more or less i don't remember the exact time budgeted it was somewhere like three to four weeks but yeah so the studio was set up brian his house you know he basically had converted the entire first floor which was like a walkout basement to an apartment with with bunk beds a living area a kitchen um for the bands that were recording to stay so mm -hmm. this was the first type of place where yeah we you know packed up the van like we were leaving for a tour and drove down and and stayed there and then the studio was in a garage building detached behind the house okay um, you know on the other side of a patio so yeah, we basically, it was the first type of, uh, you know, while we recorded Heart Means Everything in a full immersion setting, you know, like basically went to the studio, stayed there, and then, you know, finished it. That that studio was much closer. There wasn't the same type of accommodation, and there certainly wasn't the same type of time budgeted to actually make the thing front to back. So, so yeah, it was really cool in that regard. I will also say, I mean, it was really hard in that way, be, just because you know, you're dealing with the the ebb and flow of creativity, you know, you're coming off of uh, all of the things at home, also all of the things on the road. So you're really, you know, out of your element at that point, you know, doing that for the first time. Um, but, but for the most part, it was a really fruitful, really creative time. I would still say, I, I would, you know, those things don't come easy, you know, creativity and, and, doing something good doesn't always feel good. So, you know, sure. it was, uh, it certainly had its stretch to it. Now um, I do want to get uh, into later in the show, a little bit more um, into the process of recording and, and kind of the environment that you guys were in and everything. That's super interesting to me. Um, but before we do that, uh, I do want to hop into the first song on the album and that song is Like Trumpets. This was the single uh, on the album. So uh, before we hop into that song, is there anything you want to say about it? I mean, it's an opening track. <laughs> it's a banger. I, it is I, a I, hit. Yeah, no, thanks. I always, I mean, I think to me, I was always just really, I love the name of this song. I always just, I, I think... I was going through a lot as we were writing a lot of this record. I had been through a really hard breakup. Um, I was trying to figure out, you know, between coming and going from university and not really feeling a lot of roots because we were detaching from a lot of things that I had found identity in at home. And then also just coming of age and trying to decide like what you keep in your life, you know, which even as an adult 20 years later, you're like, you're still working through those processes. I think the thing I came down on was that I wanted to live loud. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the name like trumpets was just meant to be like, yeah, man, I just want to blast, uh, <laughs> my life and who I am and, you know, what, uh, I aspire towards. I wanted to write something that felt a little bit like, uh, empowered that way. And that's where this song came from. All right. Well, you hit the nail on the head with that. So, we're just going to move right into it. Here is With Honor, Like Trumpets. Enough, 
All right, you're back on Wasted Radio. My name is Matt. I am here with Todd Mackey, the vocalist of With Honor. We are talking about the album, This Is Our Revenge. You just heard the opening track, Like Trumpets. And we are going to move on here. We want to talk a little bit about uh, the recording process. So you're at Salad Day's studio. You're staying in the little band apartment uh, with the guys. You get there. It's uh, it's the beginning of June. This is a completely new experience for you. As you were talking in the last segment, you know, you're a bit detached from home because you haven't really spent too much time there. You're, you're feeling uh, a lot of things. Um what was this experience like, you know, taking these five random, well, not random, but five guys, uh, putting you guys into basically an apartment together where you're going to live and work and create for the next month. Um, what kind of environment were you guys fostering? What was this like? Yeah. I mean, truthfully, Matt, a lot of it, I probably don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, which is so lame. Um, no, I, I think, I mean, we were young, most of us, uh, you know, real young. I mean, early 20s. I don't even really think we were like there yet, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like total uh, sort of, you know, you know, maturation or like brain development, you know, to, to sort of blame our, our. I am still not there, my friend. Uh, <laughs> me too. But I mean, to say like, you know, it's it's funny. I think so much of it, you know, could be characterized by like yeah just grappling with being early 20s and you know trying to figure out like oh what you know we were taking such an 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 unconventional path in being in a punk hardcore band and trying to do it full-time but then we were also like at that time we had just slid into this community where most of our friends as we became you know more well-versed with with everyone and as we spend more time on the road it's like fewer and fewer, uh, fewer and fewer people that you're close to, you know, day to day, week to week, month to month, Mm -hmm. you are, you know, are kind of living the conventional, you know, life, like, 
going to school, working a job, doing whatever. And more and more people are, you know, touring, crossing paths. You're like stars and, you know, in the nighttime sky where you're like, cool, I see you out there. I know you're there, but man, we're on opposite ends of the world right now. And so it was an interesting time, like kind of, you know, being volleyed between these senses of reality. And then we, you know, dropped ourselves, uh, you know, thanks to Brian McTernan in Beltsville, Maryland, just, you know, a few metro stops north of DC. And we found ourselves like, you know, it wasn't new to like, you know, quote unquote, live together uh, for extended periods of time. I think the thing that was probably a catalyst for, you know, the the difficulties that we hit at times, um, you know, not that they're, that those were predominant, but you know, they were just the things like, yeah, we're on a tight budget. We're stressed because we're trying to make something awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's like a freaking, you know, early to mid twenties kid who, you know, is still trying to figure out where to put their ego. And, uh, you know, so it was colorful, but, but yeah, man, I mean, we made a lot of meals together. We, we all got into the wire, which, you know, was in its like third <laughs> season at that time. Um, and being in Baltimore, I mean, it was literally being actively filmed at the time. So, yeah. you know, McTernan turned us on to, to the wire, which was, you know, in all seriousness, life-changing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think we just tried to show up for each other the best we knew how at the time, which, you know, in a lot of ways was awesome. You know, it stretched us. We, we put together really cool things. I'm so proud of what everyone did. I mean, the songs uh, in the things, the elements that everyone brought on, on their instruments were awesome. I'm so proud of, uh, even still like the lyrics that I put together for the album and, and, you know, um, so yeah, that was kind of what it was, but yeah, I mean, it's this combination of like something revelatory and completely mundane at the same time. I mean, for a, a vocalist, especially, I mean, you're, you're weeks until you do anything. And then when you're doing it, you're just, you know, you're exhausted because you're singing all day and, yeah, um, you know, in your head and just trying to, trying to do the thing the best you can. But, but yeah, well, it was it's, fun. Um, it's funny you bring up the lyrics too, because I did want to say while I had you, you avoided being corny. And that is such a mountain to conquer in punk. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's nothing corny in this album. There's nothing like, in like cliche or anything like that everything is it it seems like it it comes from such a genuine meaningful place and that it's well thought out and it's 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 intelligent which is something that you know i i really respect in music because you know i mean you listen to punk rock too there's a lot of cornball stuff out there and that, that doesn't make it bad i think corny can you know some of the catchiest greatest music in the world is corny but sure you know, um, the, the, there is, uh, an intellectual side to with honor that I think is, is, uh, expressed and projected through your lyrics that I think sets you apart from, uh, what other bands were doing. You know, um, I always compared with honor. It's funny that, you know, you tour with like, uh, um, stretch armstrong or you know in my my head i always compared with honor to bands like strike anywhere and and, uh stuff like that is kind of how it was filed mentally but um lyrically still i think that you know you you come from an intellectual perspective that sets you apart from uh what the other bands were doing and uh 
you know, I, I always appreciated that about what you guys did. Oh, thanks, um, man. That means a lot. I, um, I'm so glad. I mean, I've, that feedback is, uh, is really encouraging. I mean, you know, we're read a lot. I mean, it's not just me. I think we, we always wanted to offer something. And I feel like, um, you know, that was the chip we had on our shoulder, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. So I just tried to, to honor that. And well, and it's, it's smart. It's not, over, it's not like intentionally vulgar. It's you had something to say and you used uh, colorful language to express that. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's awesome. That's something, something that I wish I saw more in hardcore and I'm not knocking hardcore bands or anything like that, but it is, you know, it, it, that, it, that intellect, that level of intellect is something that I do wish um, that I saw more from time to time, you know, I'm, I'm coming off of, uh, I took the last week off from doing the show. And, and to be honest with you, I'm, I haven't been listening to any hardcore at all. And the only thing um, that I put on was this album uh, just to kind of get in the mood to talk about it. And, and uh, you know, it is refreshing because a lot of the stuff, you know, that, that is out there um, kind of, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say it blends together. A lot of stuff does blend together. I'm not going to say anything in particular, but this is something that always stood out to me for that reason. There was thought put into it. Um, you know, as I get older too, especially, uh, I appreciate music with less vulgarity in it because I think that it, you know, it takes more, uh, intellect to kind of get there and you know what I mean? Um, but there's a lot of words in this album too, that you're not necessarily uh, going to see in many like punk rock or hardcore songs, like, like, uh, you know, in, in elevens uh, where you say, be it my dexterity for long winded alibis. Uh, but excuses came full circle months ago. So things like that, that, you know, you're like, wow, that's not just a lyric that this guy threw together to, to fill up space in the song. He's actually saying something and it gives you something to think about, you know what I mean? Or maybe it is just something that he threw together and then I'm, I'm overthinking it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's funny. I, t- I, I always joke with friends when we're talking, I'm like, Oh, just call me off. If I just start rambling, just say too many words. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty natural, but you know, bands like strike anywhere bands like propagandi or yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of these bands that you're just, I mean, it's like, uh, incredible depth and very thoughtful and um, you know and people who really and I don't think it's just co- the complexity of how someone speaks or what the lyrics they put together I don't think that's where you know uh, meaning comes from per se yeah. but I, it's always compelled me you know as a student of history and uh, someone who really appreciates you know just uh, prose and, and poetry and it's I feel like it doesn't, I don't necessarily show up fully if there's not um, more critical and I put on things, but again, Mm -hmm. that's just me. It's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's more valid or less valid. It's just more kind of how I, how I felt like, and, and, and I also felt to be honest with heart meets everything. I felt really rushed that process for writing the process for recording. And I, I, with, this is our revenge. I was so thankful to have more time and to just sit in the recording process more yeah. mm-hmm. and really just, you know, mull over um, the the lyrics to try and turn out with something that was different, you know, yeah, which yeah. is really hard. And I know plenty on that record is, 
you can compare to this and compare to that, but you know, hopefully there is at least moments that were its own thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think this is our revenge is largely its own thing because um, you have, like I said, you know, the, the more complex intellectual lyrics that I think come off uh, uh, poetic without being pretentious. Then you have this, um, you have this kind of melodic punk with the old school hardcore breaks, which, you know, isn't really something that um, I don't think too many other bands do quite like you guys did. Um, you know, like it, again, going back to 11s, um, you know, when you go to the uh, I'm digging deep to find resolve to change, will to draw lines, and, and it's just the guitar with the bass drum going. And, you know, those kind of old school hardcore breaks that, that you guys added in there and, um, you you maintained the melody you maintained the the harmonic punk sound but still incorporated that old school sound that i think uh you know the the only other band at the time that maybe even came close um was your label mate comeback kid on on like wake the dead and and mm -hmm. i think that um even that was more on the heavier side than what you guys were doing you guys were more on the punk rock side of that um but now uh before we get into talking about 11s which i do want to talk about i wanted to ask you um when you guys went into the studio with this, this album um were all of these songs written were they just demoed and kind of loose or did you have a jam space and you were working on uh, a lot of this as you were recording it we, yeah, we were practicing prior to arriving to the studio quite a lot and had written the majority of the material. There were a few songs on the record that came together very, like, last minute in that, mm -hmm. you know, structures were reworked. I mean, there was a f several days of pre-production where, you know, Brian just had us play the songs for him just to kind of give him a loose sense of where, you know, structures were, where we could rework things, how the energy would would you know be working um before tracking just so he didn't go in blind of course you know and that's a very common process in that that way um but yeah there was still a good amount you know I mean, a lot of stuff changed between what we had recorded in our practice space uh back home and what we put together by the time we began tracking and i think you know any good album sessions that's going to be the way um, and there was material that didn't make it, you know, there were parts and songs that, that didn't get recorded, but didn't, you know, make the album because they just didn't come across the line, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about 11s then, um, which is track three on the album. Uh, one of my favorite songs. I still believe that faith can move the mountains is a tattoo that I wanted and never got. And I still, <laughs> I, I, I seriously, it's, it's such a, a clever line. Um, but tell me about this song. Uh, tell me, you know, what it means to you. Where were you at when you were writing it and what did you put into it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish I could take credit for the, the concept of faith moving mountains, but it's, it's more or less biblical. Um, yeah, I, um, I grew up in a uh, evangelical Christian family um, and, you know, that's my faith and, and how it has changed, grown, uh, how 
uh, I've come close to aspects, re-envisioned, deconstructed, reconstructed has always been central um, to my life. And I think this time going through some of the things just on the personal end that I was going through, I was really trying to figure out, you know, what does that mean to me? You know, that's never been a platform that With Honor was about. I mean, that it wasn't a shared uh, set of um, beliefs, you know, across our band as individuals. And it certainly wasn't like a platform we were trying to pitch. Um, but we were trying to be authentic individuals and, you know, put put ourselves into our music. And, and so really that song to me was, was grappling with a lot of things that I saw unraveling in my, my sort of given faith of origin um, as I started to see how the, the real world worked and, and uh, a lot of ways that um, I still see truths, hope, love, you know, faith, follow through, um, you know, owning your responsibility for, you know, good things you do and, and you know, shitty things you do. Um, and, you know, coming to a place where, you know, it still matters, uh, you know, doing the hard work of not only being yourself, but being the best possible self you can be. Um, and I think that was my anthem of those things at that time, hmm. um, was just grappling with the distance between who I wanted to be and, and who I was and, you know, kind of the, the hopeful lens with which I saw a way to get there. If that makes sense. Sure, sure. Why the name Elevens? Uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> it's funny. I, I've for years and years. I and this predates this song, but I, I, I think I'm probably not even alone. Like I always see the clock uh, multiple times a day, most days at eleven eleven. Mm. So it's it's just always been a thing where I've always taken great comfort in that. I live in a picture that is far bigger than my comprehension and my, my understanding and um, you know, laugh it off, call it a elementary silly thing. So for, for me, and and it's even still, you know, it's still something. And I, I I just find it to be really, um, I don't know, especially as seasons go on in life and you're, you know, you're really tested transitioning, um, you know, in core relationships in your life, like, um, you know, starting a family, becoming a parent, you know, having the, the, the way pressure goes out and comes to you and, you know, uh, what you look to and what reminds you of a peaceful uh, kind of foundational truths in your life and 1111 and just kind of always smirking when I have seen the clock strike uh, has always been a thing. So that's why I called it that. I love it because I, I always wondered that. So there you go. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. That is so, that's, that's deep. You went well, deep on that one. Uh, it's, I, <laughs> I guess, I guess you tell me. All right. All right. So we're going to get to that song then. Uh, we are going right now. Uh, blah, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm enamored. I'm, I'm reading through the lyrics and I'm just kind of revisiting this right now. Uh, through the lens of what you just told me. And I think that's fantastic. So uh, keeping in mind what we just said, here is With Honor 11s. Please help me how we did this. We got ourselves in a situation. 
Right, you are back on Wasted Radio with me, Matt. I'm with Todd Mackey of With Honor, and you just heard Elevens off of the album This Is Our Revenge. Uh, we are going to move on to talking about uh, another song on the album here since you know we've pretty much covered the recording experience and the history of you know how this album came to be and everything like that. So, uh, I wanted to move on to the song You Always Said. So particularly in my world, um, this is a song that I think personally uh, it affected me so much because the emotion that is conveyed through the lyrics of this song matches the music so well. Um, the beginning of it, you have the fast part and you're, you're talking about, you know, just basic truths um the sky is blue wheels will always roll and then there's that beautiful line a mile won't pass without me missing you and i think that the beautiful part about this song is obviously you're talking to somebody who's passed on correct yeah 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 and and if you don't mind me asking who is the song about so this song was written uh as like a like a first person on behalf of a a good friend of ours um kyle who was actually drumming for comeback kid at the time mm -hmm. and uh they they were all very close friends uh with a woman uh, uh a woman named oh sorry this thunderstorm is going no worries crazy. no worries um uh, with a woman brandy who had been killed in a, in a bicycle accident in mm -hmm. new york city and um, while, you know, we weren't particularly close, um, her passing was super impactful. Kyle and I would talk uh, quite a lot. And um, yeah, it, I just, it, it really threw me. I mean, you know, we were so young. I mean, this, this was just at the time, there was a few other uh, tangential friends that had lost close family members, young other friends, you know, the, the first sort of, uh, the first people passing that were sort of before their time, which, you know, I've always even struggled with that idea. Like, oh, what does that even mean? You know, like, but, but to, to lose people so young in their lives and so alive, you know, mm -hmm. um, that type of interrupted life for someone who's by all accounts, super healthy and in mm -hmm. the beginning of it. 
um, it just really blew me away. And so I wrote this song as just to honor that relationship of theirs and to also just kind of explore it. You know, the, the irony that like, you know, when you lose someone, um, you know, as I now have uh, a number of people in the years since, you know, you, you, it's just really hard in those early days, especially to just watch the world go on, you know, while, mm -hmm. while you're sort of mourning and, and in the thick of it, it's yeah. the, the difficulty is real. And so um, the whole idea was to try to work with um, that tension you know, in into the chorus, it, it, you know, the chorus is a lot about that. And then the bridge uh, obviously gets into a little bit of like, you know, just trying to grapple with ways that you can honor people that you love that you've lost um, by living the fullest and most whole kind of reckless, uh, abandoned ways that you can, you know? Absolutely. And the, the, the most beautiful part about this song, my favorite part about this song is that you know the whole beginning that's fast you you seem to be um just kind of more in the present with it and then when the song changes pace and you go into the but you have my word i'll give that much more um and and you go into that you know like a, another old school break in the song um the tone of the music, the, the guitars, they're all leaning towards the emotion that you're conveying. I just think that it's so neat and so well thought out and well done. It's, it's, it's a powerful song. Um, you know, the, the buildups that are going on um, while, you know, I won't take a similar smile for granted. I'll learn to take falling on my face as dancing in the, and the, toms and the snare building it up and it goes into this apex in the song uh where at the end you're singing it it's time close the coffin tight i'm going to miss you and the riffs underneath it get harder and it's just it's it's epic sounding i just think that out of all of the songs and that's why i chose this one honestly um i think out of all the songs on the album this one conveys the most powerful of emotion. And I think that the reason that I feel that way is probably because I just, this song, this song, I, I connected with this song personally on a very, very personal level for someone, um, you know, that I lost, but uh, it helped me. And I think that the way that that emotion was conveyed in the song is just, brilliantly artistically done man i i think oh, well, seriously I, I, and and it's it's not often i will say it's not often that you hear um the lyrics of a song kind of be illustrated by the music under it so well and i'm not just sucking well up to you I, here. I you know I, i'm no i'm so glad i mean i'm so glad in in something that is as serious and as universal as mm. You know, like, I mean, we, you know, it's easy to kind of say flippantly, oh, well, we're all going to die, right? Sure. And, and you know, it's true. And that is a universal experience, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's universal beyond just us, right? Plants, animals of all kinds, right? Including humans. So, but, it, but there is this other thing. And I feel like, you know, to tap into that and to have someone 
it resonates and encourages them and helps them process, that's, I mean, that's well beyond what I think I could have set out to do. And I should also say for the music, that's what inspired me for the lyrics is because, you know, Jeff and Jay, who mm. play guitar and with honor, you know, they, they're just putting these, uh, you know, these sounds together and textures and melodic elements that, that really draw uh, this type of emotion, you know, um, and oh, really yeah. amplify it. I mean, I'm a pretty emotional guy to begin with. It's probably obvious, but uh, the, <laughs> no, the, but yeah, no, I, I, looking back, it's funny. Cause you know, at that time I had not gone through that process, you know, for someone very close, a close friend or a young relative, you know, and it was something I think I just was coming alongside, you know, our close friends at that time. Um, but, you know, since I've actually gone back uh, myself and it's, and it's been interesting to go back through that um, and, and kind of consider it and, and think about um, how it helped me process being a friend to, you know, folks in loss, but, but then to actually be a person in loss myself, it's, uh, yeah, it's a mysterious part of life, man. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's, let's listen to it now. Um, so again, when we're listening to this, uh, keep in mind the, the buildups, the change of the mode of the song and the emotions in the song and how the lyrics match them. Uh, it's a classic. It's, uh, just one of the more, you know, deeper, more interesting hardcore songs, uh, that I've ever heard. So here it is with honor. You always say, You have my word, I'll give that much more! 
you back on wasted radio with me matt i'm here with todd Mackey from with honor and that was you always said from the album that we're discussing today this is our revenge and we are three songs into the album there are 11 songs on the album but we're only going to play four because this podcast is pretty long so far could you imagine if we did 11 songs and talked about all of them uh, too many words Mackie yes. holding everybody hostage <laughs> uh, always right I know I know and and he's intolerable to boot I mean you know yeah hate that guy <laughs> um so <laughs> so we're we're moving on to the last song and the last song on the album um in a bottle now when you listen to this album front to back there's a lot of speed there's a lot of um, energy. When you get to the end of the album, the closer, the, the energy really dials back and everything slows down, uh, kind of takes us to a new place that With Honor didn't really go to before. Um, I think that one thing that is so great about this album and that, that really... Or, or about this song is that it is very different very much like the album but very much different it has a completely different tempo a different cadence a different uh structure of the song and it kind of you know deviates in a very comforting way to end the album um so let's get into this in a bottle uh First of all, how did we come to the decision? I mean, if you if you remember what you know about uh, writing this song, how did we come to the decision of you know uh, forming this song the the way that it is, the kind of mid tempo range, um, not really any breaks in it, not really any slowed down mosh parts or anything like that, um, and then how did that uh, uh, get to the end of the album? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, the track listing, I think, came out of just, you know, shuffling the songs in the most mm -hmm. logical order. I mean, we tried various iterations and it just worked. Mm -hmm. um, and I still think, you know, it kind of has that contour like you're talking about. Um, this song was kind of more, you know, something in the vein of like um, Civ or, you know, some of the slower Gorilla yeah. Biscuit songs like... Um, even some strike anywhere or like, you know, hot water music esque type stuff. Um, and the hope was just to do something different that had a different, you know, kind of a, a slow two step type mosh feel, but was not, you know, a characteristically like punk hardcore song of the day. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. And I got to tell a different sort of story in the lyrics and focus on a different type of uh, emotion or feeling and, um, yeah, I'm really glad we did it. I, I, I always wish that we ex had a chance to explore this type of sound a little bit more. Yeah, because um, I, I really liked it. But 
Well, and I, I think it, it suits you well. I mean, um, it has more of like a, I don't want to say radio rock sound to it. It's, it's kind of, but it is more of a rock and roll, you know, uh, modern rock song. Um, whereas, you know, you come off of a new war, uh, and then you come off of small dreams and these are, it's still the same band. It still sounds like the same band, but you know, it, it's like a gentle letdown into the, uh, end of the album. Mm. Um, and let's talk about the message of the song too, because, you know, you chose to end this album with this kind of message about how people are caught up in the day to day caught up in, you know, things like materialism or things like, you know, uh, the, how did, yeah yeah the, yeah i mean <laughs> you know like when we started talking the, one of the first things that came out of my mouth though was you know like i had this crap day i'm i'm you know uh selling whatever and and this went wrong and this went wrong and that went wrong and blah 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 and, and it's funny how that grind kind of overtakes you and you forget to slow things down a little bit and like you know as you say in the song love's stuck on dusty shelves with feelings we forsake um interesting spin on you know the rest of the album really this is kind of like a hey you know wake up pay attention there's more important things going on in life uh song so you know uh what, what's your take on this yeah i think you know again th this whole album was a bit of coming of age you know it was at a time where i had a lot of friends from more conventional paths graduating uni and taking jobs and like moving on in the ways that like you would in your your you know mid-20s um and just grappling with like you know what type of shape life had to look like you know coming up in the with the expectations um that you know you you graduate high school you go to college you you know, get married, you have kids, you work a job you don't like, you, you know, pass out in a chair watching TV and, you know, that's your thing. And and that's not to say like someone can't love that. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, I sit out in a chair watching TV is pretty awesome. Sometimes not the worst. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because I think at the time too, it's like, I was this overzealous kid, you know, uh, assuming that somehow that love and contentment and, and peace of mind couldn't be found in like a million different ways. And I think in the years since I've realized like, well, that well, let's not make assumptions here. That said, I think the thing that always stirred me was just how unhappy people were, mm. you know? And then, and then also the, the assumptions that we make and that we trust, you know, like, the the whole lyric I, I always love the lyric you know soon they'll sell us blood to bleed and air to breathe and, and I'm in fact you know, they are yeah <laughs> and 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 it's like you know this this thought that wow we can trust that these corporations and these organizations in our our schools and our churches and our you know institutions of all kinds you know, we should just trust them at face value. And it's not to be a conspiracy theorist and to say, well, don't, or don't mm. believe in people or don't believe in goodness, because that's exactly not what I'm trying to say. I think the the thing that 
this results in for me and the song kind of ends up there is just taking ownership for our own selves you know taking ownership to actually explore what you think is real and true and what warrants your time and attention and like you know building a life with the pieces in it that you want to be in it you know like yeah like relationships in your lives friendships uh you know uh romantic relationships marriages you know good you know connections with your children like staying close with parents and you know uh having uh, interest in work in ways that you you want to be doing being creative in the ways you want to be creative i mean none of that stuff happens on accident you know but but it's very easy uh for us to stay in the momentum because of the you know just that that momentum will keep us in there until it's interrupted and so i think at that time i was just starting to look around and realize how haphazard lives seem to be put together, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I really was trying to rail against that in my own uh, simple way, I guess. Well, as a total conspiracy theorist, I have to say, you know, no, I'm I'm kidding around. If you know the, the, the world, (laughs) in case you didn't know, the world is run by reptiles. No. um, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> no yeah, the, uh, yeah dinosaurs that's a thing isn't yeah. it? yeah <laughs> <laughs> um no but on a more serious note though uh it's it's interesting to me you know and there there is something to be said about you know there is an overarching arching structure uh that kind of wants you to fall into this haphazard whatever contentment lifestyle um and there's a lot of simple truth that's spoken in the song but the thing that speaks to me now that didn't necessarily speak to me then is that you know this album is turning 16 this year and these are basic things that still are more prevalent than ever i mean they're they're you know the the workhorse work week is well for for guys like you and me (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know and uh and, you know, I joke and say they are selling us blood to bleed and air to breathe, but that's, there's no joke there. I mean, that's the truth. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, it's funny to me that even as somebody who consumed this music and, and took it to heart and learned every lyric and sang along with it and everything, it's funny how in this world you still find yourself getting caught up in those things and not cherishing the things like you know hanging out with your friends on the porch all night kind of experiences oh yeah they they get weighed down by the stresses and the day-to-day bullshit i mean i was telling my wife today when i came home from work you know she just saw the look on my face and she was like okay spill it like (laughs) like what (laughs) what happened you know and i'm and i'm telling her all this stuff and and she's like you know what's so funny about all this and i'm like what and she's like none of this matters and i'm like i know like none of it fucking matters like we we waste so much time stressing about things that just don't matter in the grand scheme of things what matters is you know like the we watched loki with our son who loves that show and you know i i mean like hey it's okay but to him like, and it's like, it's just the experience of being with a family 
and or your family or you know whatever that means to you whatever's valuable to you and these are the things that you know our our anger and our emotions misdirect us and lead us in other places and take mm. us away from those experiences and and like i said it's just funny how you know it's put right in front of you in lyric form it's i'm a person who's read this and sang along with it and you still get caught up you still get oh, yeah. lost Whoa. in this cycle it's just you it's can't feel too bad man because yeah. the whole thing is pushing everybody this one direction i mean it's 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 way bigger than you and me you know what uh society kind of expects from us and the pressures it puts on us and the ideas that it feeds us as to you know how we might be happy i think the whole hope and and you hit the nail on the head is like you know that you can't really look to the next person over necessarily to say, well, what's going to make me happy. Right. And I think that, that the biggest thing is to actually like, you know, look in the mirror and, and tell yourself, you know, uh, honestly, and in straight terms, like where you are with you and, you know, and what's going to matter the most to you. And, and in a given context, it's not to throw everything else out. It's just to say, yeah, make sure that that's the stuff you hold above everything else. And, you know, it's a process. I think it's funny, you know, listening to my, you know, 16 year younger self, I think that there's a lot of cool ideas in there. And I think that, you know, I was still, you know, super young and naive as to, well, hey, there's a lot of drab in and repetition in life. And I think even in the very best things, even when we were touring, it's like, okay, cool. Another venue, another load in another, mm -hmm. another show. And it's like, you know, the, the, the thing that, you know, like I think I said earlier on, or even before we started recording is like, you know, life is full of problems. It's the ones you choose that you want. The, those are the ones that, that matter most. And it's, it's not that life is going to be without them. And I think, um, yeah, the lens I see that song through now is more to, to actually take hold of, you know, which problems you want in your life and, and decide to, to put those ones in instead of, you know, the ones that society is going to force feed you. Right. And the, the great thing about it is the way that the album closes, very similar to the end of You Always Said, how it has that, you know, build up um, and the, the, the breakdown this song ends with a positive message it's not too late it's not too late to break away from that mindset and live that positive life and and it's never too late you know it's never yeah. too late to break out of that you know whether that means getting a new job or or moving to a new place somewhere that you'll be happier or you know, sure. becoming who you want to be as a person, it's not too late. And I just think that um, that kind of uh, message to end the album with that hopefulness, um, that is some some wisdom lingering at the end of this album of, of just, you know, uh, I don't know, you don't see this stuff anymore. People are well, so negative and so like, <laughs> you know, like yeah well i appreciate that i actually wish i wish if we could go back and and rework it i think in the years you know you you kind of bring up this this truer wisdom than even it's not too late it's it's the reality that like man i mean every day we wake up and and the the breath passes our our upper lip and through our nose and we get yeah. to do this again you know we have a chance and i think that that 
it's not too late implies that there is a time when it is too late. And, you know, I, I think that that's the real uh, next level is to kind of take each day as a new day and, um, you know, see it for really what it is and not what we feel like it has to be. Sure. You know? Sure. So, and I, yeah. and uh, man, did you ever think about doing an acoustic version of that song? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> is that a step too far for hardcore I, with honor? I don't think that. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh so hard. I think that, uh, yeah, vocally speaking, it would not. It would not work. Really, you don't think so? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put it out there to the guys. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> Do that for me. The, the, uh, the live in studio acoustic seven inch. In someday, a Matt. Someday, yeah. maybe we'll do it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. So before we move into that song, um, and I'm glad that we got to talk that one out too. Uh, that's a great song and, and, and a great way to end the album. Um, before we move into that song, this is our last segment. It's my last segment with you. It's been a pleasure talking to oh, you. you know, took us a couple weeks to kind of link up there. And, and I really, really appreciate you setting aside some time to do this. Um, so. I'm not going to ask any questions, but we do have some with honor to look forward to in the future with honor is not dead. Correct. Yeah, no, we're, we're pretty excited that with honor is not dead. I mean, we were inactive for a long time. We did, you know, various uh, fundraiser shows and a couple uh, you know, reunited shows over the years, but um, yeah, we were excited. We were invited to play furnace fest, which was supposed to be last year in 2020 as an anniversary um, you know, and lots of bands reuniting and we were super excited as like, um, you know, past, uh, past uh, artist of the, the, the festival. Mm -hmm. um, it was super exciting to get the invite to play. So, you know, of course we were doing that. We actually were, were trying to do shows reuniting for the 15 year anniversary of This Is Our Revenge last year. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, we started talking and we were going to do the festival, do some shows and um, you know, we thought that it would be cool to just kick them forward post COVID and, you know, the idea just got too exciting. So, you know, I can't, can't say exactly what shape that's going to take at this point, but, you know, we have shows on the books. We have a couple shows that have actually, as of yesterday, just sold out in Connecticut coming up in October. That's um, we have furnace fest in September, which is in Birmingham, Alabama. And, um, yeah, I think everybody, I don't know, it's, it's fun to get to a place you know, where the whole idea that the band has to look a certain way or it has to be a certain busyness or not. Um, mm -hmm. I think everyone's just kind of appreciative of the fact that somehow, some way, you know, we have the opportunity to get together and just have some fun and, you know, put some some wind behind these uh, old songs again and, and see what happens. So that's great. So that's what you can look out for. We do, we're active on Instagram and on you know, other socials, uh, at with honor, of course. Um, and, uh, take a look there and if, you know, anything that does come together or comes up, will certainly be communicated. Now, uh, quickly too, who, um, who are you playing with up in Connecticut? The Connecticut shows, uh, we have lined up, uh, they're going to be on, on Thursday, October 7th. We have, uh, life in your way, shy halud and signs of hope. Classic. Oh yeah. yeah. 
classic Connecticut hardcore band, Signs of Hope, coming together after many years. Yeah. Um, Life in Your Way as well. Uh, of course. Awesome, awesome Connecticut bands. Uh, and of course, Shia Lude. going to be joining us um, the next night as well. Um, and we're going to be playing with One Step Closer uh, and Shia Lude. So super stoked That's for awesome. these shows. It's going to be great. Um, and yeah, hopefully there'll be more. We'll see. How long has Shai Halud been together? I mean, longer than with honor. <laughs> longer, <laughs> longer than with honor would be together if we had yeah. stayed together. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, there's there's been many seasons for for the the Halud. The Halud. Um, but but yeah, excited to see those guys. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. That's cool. It's yeah, it's gonna cool be one. yeah yeah man. It's it's gonna be a big party. I mean, should be. We'll see. Are great. you going to be there? I'm Come gonna, on out. Uh, it's already sold out. <laughs> oh man! Guest list. Found, me. You found your way. We'd we'd I'll, surely I'll have get my uh, I'll get my helicopter and I'll fly. There you out. go. I knew well, this whole thing was just to pay for the pay for your helicopter. Yeah, fuel. Connecticut, man. Um, man, Central PA to Connecticut. I'm looking at like what ten hours. Uh, I would, yeah, you're probably at like seven and a half, eight hours. Seven and a half, like eight but, hours, yeah. But yeah, now that. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. well, you know, well, when when in New England, you have a you have friends. Just yeah, remember that. Okay, cool, cool. We'll get uh, we'll get crab legs. Nice. All right. Well, hey, brother, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate. Oh, pleasure is mine. Matt, um, thanks so much for your kindness and, and your hospitality. Hey, man, you know, I'm 18 episodes in. This is still an up and coming, growing show. Um, you're helping me more than I'm helping you. So thank you. I really appreciate um, you coming on, talking about this album and, uh, you know, giving me an opportunity to talk a little bit about what it meant to me and hearing what it meant to you. Uh, super important. For everybody out there listening, you can find me on at wasted.radio on Instagram. Of course, you can find Todd and company at With Honor.
All right, there it is. That was the episode with Todd Mackey of With Honor. As I always say this far into the show when you get into it, if you are still listening, God bless you, man. I really appreciate everybody who uh, stuck around and listened to that interview. That was one of the most meaningful interviews uh, that I've done so far. Uh, makes me feel really lucky to do, you know, what I get to do with the show. And uh, that is the best part about doing this is meeting these people, connecting with them and, you know, finding so many different things uh, in common that, that you want to talk about music. But, you know, you end up talking for two hours about stuff that has nothing to do with the stuff you were talking about because you just meet good people. Um, so, Todd, thanks a lot again for the conversation. If you want to find me on Instagram at wasted.radio is where you can find me if you want to find With Honor, which you should, and follow them because it looks like there's going to be something, I don't know exactly what, but something coming in the future that's going to be at With Honor CT. Don't forget the CT because we did. It's easy to. Uh, it's October 7th and 8th at the Space Ballroom in Connecticut. Looks like it's sold out. Sorry, guys. You're going to have to catch them at Furnace Fest. And as far as uh, Wasted Radio goes, you're going to have to catch me next Sunday. I should have something else uh, fun and exciting for you. Hopefully something local. I don't want to give too much away here, but hopefully we're working on something local. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a little bit of a local promo. But, you know, I'm just going to shut my trap on that for now. Until then, go enjoy the day. See some fireworks tonight. If it's after the 4th, I hope you saw fireworks on the 4th. Spend some time with your kids and your family and uh, all your friends. Hope you have a great week. Happy Sunday.